Hello, Dre. Hi, Peter. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am. I'm feeling some guilt. (laughs) Of the modern variety. Yes, of the modern variety. Yes, because (laughs) (laughs) because today we're talking about the 2008 album from Beck called Modern Guilt. All right, we have talked about Beck before. We have. I don't remember when we released that particular episode, but we talked about his first major label album, Mellow Gold. Yeah, it was still in my search history. Yeah. And interestingly enough, this is his last major label album. He, Or I should amend that. I should amend that. This is the last album he produced under the contract that started with Mellow Gold. Mm. Uh, which was, I don't know, what year was that again? Remind me. I don't know. Mellow Gold was 1994, and this album was 2008. Okay. Plenty of releases in between, and he's certainly, and he's done a few more releases since, but those were produced under his own, under his own label after this. I kind of tend to divide Beck releases into this is weird or this is mellow. <laughs> so what is this one? It's a little bit of neither or a little bit of both, whichever way you want it. Yeah, because I, I really expect you to say both because <laughs> it's weird and mellow to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like, if you go back to you know Mellow Gold or Odelay or Mutations or Midnight Vultures those fall squarely into the weird camp and those you know his first however many major label albums and i think people expected at that point oh he's just going to continue on being weird right yeah i mean then then he throws sea change at us which is like a very very subdued very pretty album did we listen to that i'm going to have to look up anyway <laughs> Because I, I know that album title. Maybe I might listen to it. I don't know. So we get to see change. We get then he gets back into more weirder ish stuff with Uero and the information. Then Modern Guilt comes around, and it's like a decidedly lo-fi kind of effort. I mean, you can tell just in the production style right off the bat. This is not like glitzy and glittery and sample heavy. Maybe it was him signifying the end of that. Stuff. That's entirely possible. Now, here's the thing, though, is the album was pro- he produced the album himself, but with Danger Mouse, who, of course, will be familiar to people who like slightly off, sample heavy, very interesting beats. Yeah, you you know Danger Mouse. I do. Tell me about <laughs> tell me about what you know about Danger Mouse since we're here. Don't do that to me. I don't know. I know, know that I've I know that I've heard it, and if I put it in, I'm going to jam out. That's all I know. Okay. See now, if if you had just listened to this and I hadn't told you Danger Mouse was involved in all, would you have thought that? No. When I listened, I thought Radiohead and Coldplay. Yeah. See. And I think that <laughs> I think that's a, an apt comparison. I yeah. think Radiohead and Coldplay would have been maybe shinier, smoother production, but the general the, the general feeling. gist of of the album, the general feeling. Yeah, I can see where that comparison can be made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beck is, I think, as absurdist as ever, as far as the lyrics are concerned. But, no, you know what? That's not actually right. I don't I don't think he is quite as absurd on the lyrics either. I wouldn't know. I couldn't get past You couldn't follow it? Short. 
No. Okay. I, um... But you know what I but you know what I really did appreciate production wise on this album? What's that? Is the beats. I think that's where the Danger Mouse influence is really in effect. It's not so much the production style at large. It's you know, Danger Mouse isn't known for lo fi. But you hear the beats and you know, they're they're just a little funky, they're maybe a little off, maybe a little syncopated. They're, they're not straightforward. They're interesting. They yes. keep your attention. They make you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This album was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Alternative Album. Mm-hmm. It lost, though, to someone you mentioned before, Radiohead. Because Radiohead is dope. Radiohead is pretty dope. And having mm-hmm. seen them live, I can <gasps> attest to. Jealous. Okay, side story. So I flew up to Seattle to to go see Radiohead with a friend. And, of course, by that point, the state of Washington had legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, am, I do not partake normally. I am, it just isn't my thing. Yeah. But here I was at the show, and my friend, uh, who, who I am with, uh, has clearly gone to this dispensary before the show, and he he offers me a half of a THC tablet. Oh. Not a not a whole one, a half a one. And I'm like, you know what? When in Rome, sure, why not? Let's try it out. Oh no! I kid you not. I almost fall asleep during the show. That happened to me my first time. I went to see Cascade, and I took my friend Erica. Mm-hmm. in Chicago and she had smokables and she's like yeah come on I was like well all right I uh, yeah. it's like it is the weirdest experience to be <laughs> in the middle of a sold-out arena during a very very loud concert and be almost falling asleep on the shoulder of the person next to you I'm gonna one-up you Mine was a small little bar listening to electronic music mm-hmm. with a bunch of people who all know the words jumping up and down and bumping into me, and I'm still nodding off. But enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm really trying to get at in regards to the, the, the stylistic change in this album versus most of his prior work is that I don't think he's necessarily being consciously less absurdist. I think he's being consciously more aware of what he's doing. Like, he's trying to be more more deliberate in putting things together. I was going to say intentional. Ooh. Intentional is a good word for that, yes. Yeah. The songs themselves are not necessarily, like, rambunctious, but it moves at a really good pace. I mean, it's it's only 10 tracks, and it's only like 33, 34 minutes altogether. Mm-hmm. Several times while listening to this over the course of the last week, I'd get to the end of the album, and I'd be surprised. Like, wait, what? Isn't there supposed to be more? <laughs> I'd, I'd go back and double-check my players that it didn't screw up and just stop in the middle. We don't expect a full album to be only 30-some-odd minutes, right? I enjoyed that. Kudos to having the restraint to pull back 
and let people want more. Is it restraint or is it he made his point and he's done? I think that is part of restraint. Did he have more that could have gone on there? I have no doubt. This this is the kind of guy who records like anything and everything and probably has like vaults of unused material. Saving it for when it's ready. Maybe. I mean, like you can find like on the, the wiki page for, for this album, they list extended version bonus tracks that were available in different venues. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt that he probably had the material to make this, you know, an hour long plus. Then it might have been too much. It might have been too much. And to have the, I don't know, the editorial restraint to just say, look, this says what I want it to say. We don't need more. I think that shows a nice maturation. Because as much as I like Beck as a musician, some of those earlier albums get a little much. Yeah. I'm trying to see. Can I find my notes from last time? Did I say that? Because you know how I love to say that something's too much. If we're talking about Mellow Gold, which I know we definitely talked about, you know, it was 45 minutes, so it wasn't huge, but it was still a lot. As much as I love it, it's still a lot. And here... <gasps> I remember now. You remember now? Oh, good. Yeah, it just came back to me. So was there anything in particular about this that sticks out for you? Um, from my first listen, Useless stuck out. And it was those guitars. Every time I played it, I kind of just melted into it. Because this was a very busy week. So I didn't get a really good, you know, close listen. So I just kind of played it when I could think, hey, play the album. Mm-hmm. But Youthless always jumped out at me. It was those guitars. And the lyrics were hard to understand, but I didn't care. I just enjoyed listening to it. I kind of, I moved to it. It was a good song. Like, I don't think I would ever break this up and listen to it, like, individual songs, because it just flows so well. This is mm-hmm. one that I want us to do all the time. I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Was there, was there anything that, that you thought could have been better, that you didn't care for, whatever? No. Maybe if I listened really, really closely, I could find something, but nah, I like it. It was, it was chill and put me in a good mood, weirdly enough. I don't know if the intent on this one was necessarily a good moon. I, I know that thematically, especially if you get to the title track, it is talking about feeling guilty for yeah, I didn't. just for existing in, a, in this modern time. Yeah, but like I said, I didn't get to the lyrics much. I just mm-hmm. listened to the music and the sounds that hit me made me feel good. Maybe yeah. because I liked it. I don't it, know. It, it bounces pretty good. Mm. And your the the guitars have a nice rhythm to it. Just the the percussion, even in those places where there isn't percussion, they're using the bass and the guitar in such a a measured way that it produces a very satisfying beat. Yeah. And I really liked that. I really appreciated that. This is a good drive. You drive to this, don't you? Oh, I I totally did. Of course. <laughs> I, to be fair. All of our selections that we talk about on a weekly basis, a lot of my listening occurs in the car. Just because that's where I'm more likely to have uninterrupted time. But would you intentionally drive to this, though? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this, this, is, this is good driving music. I would probably love to drive through these hills of Georgia with this plane. That would be nice scenery, nice audio, 
and I get to drive, which feels good in the body. Have you listened too much Beck apart from the last time we talked about him? My experience with Beck is all based off of MTV videos in the nineties, so I know You know some of the some of the big stuff. Yeah, the stuff that got released, I like I would know it if I heard it. Could I tell you what it's called? Like the only song that I can think of in my head is Beck what it's like. Because that was a huge one at one point. Where it's at. Where it's at, see? Yes. I thought it was what it's like. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so you that probably song, like like that off of Odalay, you probably also would recognize when you hear it, Devil's Haircut and the New Pollution. Maybe probably. Jackass. Jackass sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no. I only knew what was popular with the cool kids do you feel like you can compare and contrast this album to what you knew before yeah they're totally different this is not what you expected going in is it no because i always think of beck like not quite like fat boy slim but in going in that direction like sample heavy yeah big beats it goes that direction but this took me the other direction towards radiohead and coldplay which of course, they came from MTV also. As far as standouts to me, I think the I think the title track is probably the strongest track on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really liked where they ended on Volcano. Yeah, it just it, it it simultaneously feels like a natural stopping point and a wait. Is that all there is? Volcano felt like closure to me. Because I could tell when this stopped and my um, YouTube algorithm kept going. And it wasn't jarring. It was just like, oh, it ended. I should go back and start it over again, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. So it it felt like closure as I listened to it. Although it did make me want more. So I did kind of wait for Beck to come back to me in the algorithm, mm-hmm. which was fun. I got there some stuff. Don't ask me what, because I don't remember. I'm curious where the intention to go without being sample heavy really comes from was that like an intention coming into the album said i've done i've done all this so many times i don't need to do this now was it just a natural outgrowth of the style of songs he was writing at the time you know in addition to you know his his main album output he has done a lot of work in like side projects with more traditional americana based styles of music things that are you know simple guitar tunes things that sound like they could be part of the great american songbook whatever however you want to do to define that i'm curious if this is where some of that came to a head and he was like i don't need to do that for this album or if or if he was going to do that and and like you know danger mouse came in and and listened to what he was working on said you don't you don't need this who who influenced who in what way? Could it be that he decided to share things that he had already been doing but never released? That's entirely possible too. I like I would l- really like to see more about the production of this specific album, especially contrasting it against his prior work. Cuz it makes me think of um Don't Shoot Me, but Kid Cudi. Why would I shoot you for that? Because you know how I feel about him and how I gave you the whole discography. But anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it makes me think about Kid Cudi and how he started off very rap. You know, he's a rapper. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. 
but then he did like the rock album and he did that wizard thing and then like the last few have been a mixture of all of that together mm -hmm. and it wasn't that he was influenced but he was just sharing more and more and more of like what he likes and who he is and not just writing on this is what the record label like pushed for me at the very beginning like what if all that sample heavy was like heavily influenced by a record label and then once he was free from that or said i don't care anymore whichever happened first he shared more of what he had in his head and his spirit on those same lines though if you get to you know his following three albums that he's done since modern guilt uh, morning phase and colors tend to be more on the mellow side but he you go back to hyperspace and he's pretty much back back to the kind of manic sample heavy uh schizophrenic kind of kind of work that he was known for before those three albums are on his own label you know basically under his own direction doing his own thing so no. i think it i think it may just come around to he is he is a talented musician and producer and he just has a wide variety of things he wants to do. Absolutely. I love those kinds of artists. I think he's probably going to continue to produce very interesting music for a long time to come. I don't know I don't know how much of it is going to be like popular in the in the in the large selling sense or radio friendly. I think he's the kind of artist that is just kind of driven to continually do different things. I like those kinds of artists, the experimental artists. Are I'm you ready at, to are you ready to rate it? Yeah. Go for it. So I did look back to see if I wrote down my rating for Mellow Gold and I did not. Oh, so you're gonna have to go back and listen to that one again. Ugh, I should have did it beforehand. But I will give this one a my gut says a seven. Although my heart feels like that's low, so I kinda wanna give it an eight. Mm -hmm. But you said I can't do 7.5. You are not allowed to do fractions. You suck. I had to be difficult. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to stick with the 7. I'm think, willing to revisit this, yeah. By the way, I did look up. We have we have covered Sea Change also. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Ha. Yes, aha. So you remembered more than I did off the top of your head. You know what? I'll go ahead and give this an eight, just so collectively we can we can give it that seven and a half that you really wanted. Oh, look how nice you are. Also, I think it actually deserves an eight. It is a wonderfully produced album. Oh, excuse me. Look, the the beats are fantastic. The kind of lo-fi production values add some great texture to it. I finished the album wanting more, and. You know, in in a world where so so much of what what I listen to is like that's enough for now, it's refreshing to get to an album where you're like, is that all? Yeah, I'm gonna experiment with trying to break it up mm -hmm. in playlists, but I don't think it's gonna go well. I think I'm gonna have to listen to this one front to back because it really feels good. Are we ready to find out what's coming next time? I guess we are. Okay. Hey Google. Give me a number between 1 and 2,098. Six. <laughs> oh, yes, ma'am. Just a flat six. We are going to listen to People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm by A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, wow. Okay. 
And that's our show for this week. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening through, and feel free to leave a voice message on our page at anchor.fm. There's a link to it in the show description. Thank you to Dre for joining me, and thank you for joining us. Until next time, be good to your music. It's been good to you. Thank you.